Welcome back to the Building Stewards Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Brooks, and I'm here to guide you on your stewardship journey through education, encouragement, and engagement. For to us a child shall be born, to us a son shall be given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end to the increase of his government and of peace. He shall rule on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from that time forward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. And this always gets read quite a bit during Advent season as a messianic prophecy from Isaiah just foretelling the coming of Christ and and what he is going to do. And as I've just been hearing this more and more lately during this Advent season, I can't help but to take this and filter it through to the the content I create and personal finances in general. Um, Because the reality is, is that everything in scripture should be applying to our entire life. Um, It's not just something we can pigeonhole to a specific area of our life and not to the others. That is very ignorant, and, and obviously there's a lot that God reveals to us through that. So as I was listening to this piece of scripture in church just recently, and as I continue to read it and come across it, Uh, I've just been thinking, what does this mean for us in our finances? Hence the title, Light of the World, Light of Our Finances. So um, I'm not going to change any of the context of the actual scripture, but more so what can we actually take from it? Maybe those principles, those realities and truths about Jesus, and how do we apply it to how we incorporate Jesus into our stewardship journey? And I, I want to say that the more that I am on this walk of just becoming like Jesus and and faith in general, the more that I see that Christians really lack a lot of guidance in this area. They lack this surrender of their personal finances to Jesus because it's, and I've hit on this before, it's not just surrendering the, the financial part of our lives, the stewardship part. It's really the idols that come with it because personal finances and money um, is kind of a gateway to a lot of other things. You know, power, control, comfort, Um, ease, you know, all these things. And so um, I really think Christians underestimate the vice that money has and personal finances have on their faith walk. So anyway, without further ado, uh, let's hop into some of these things that Jesus has been identified in, in this piece of scripture. So the first one, light of the world. And the first thing that I came across in my mind as I was thinking about this content is obviously light of our finances. Are we allowing him to shine throughout our finances? Um, and one thing that that has kind of been on my heart a lot, you know, in the last few years is that sin can only live in darkness. Um, it thrives in darkness. The more that we hide things from others and the more <laughs> that we try to hide things from God, even though he knows what's going on, that is where a lot of shame goes to dwell. It dwells in that darkness. So are we inviting community into this area of our lives? And can others see Jesus, how we handle our finances? And this isn't to say that we need to be overt about every single piece of our personal finances, but there should be evidence. There should be fruit of how we handle our personal finances that both believers and non-believers can see. So are we allowing Jesus to dwell completely in us, including our personal finances, to where there's no darkness? We are actively revealing any sin patterns and issues that we have with our personal finances that we're maybe clinging to. We're exposing those things because of that light of Christ. Or are we trying to keep um, a closed door 
where we can keep things in the dark. And this is hard. Like this is still stuff that a lot of Christians struggle with and even mature Christians in their walk. And even me, you know, as an expert, I, I say that in quotes because this is my career and what I get to do, but there are still things on my walk that I'm constantly revealing and, and working on and submitting to Christ. And we need to allow Jesus to be the light of our personal finances to where the darkness, the sin, the shame doesn't have a foothold in our lives and subsequently our personal finances. Hope. So hope wasn't explicitly something listed in that piece of scripture, but it is an overarching theme of that scripture in general and even like as we look at the Advent season. So I put hope in here just because it's a it's a, you know, a quality that I think is important to hit on when it comes to our personal finances. Jesus was to be the hope of the world. And and this kind of brings me back to where are we placing our hope? Are we placing it in our finances? Are we relying on our finances to save us? Are we relying on our finances to be the end-all, be-all? Is this where our primary focus is? And, and it really kind of comes back to how much time, like look, track your time and track you know your spending, and it'll tell you where your priorities are and subsequently your hope. Do we think we can redeem them or do they think they will fix us? So these are all great questions to ask, you know, when we look at where are we actually placing our hope? Um, I know oftentimes we're placing our hope in transient things instead of eternal things. And, and Paul has a lot to, you know, say about that, you know, in the New Testament. So hope, Jesus is our hope, eternal and temporary hope. Um, you know, whether we're on this world in this life or the next, like, that is the constant, and that's where we should be focused. So when it comes to our personal finances, be extra observant. You know, reflect on that. And, and this is something where, again, you invite other people into um, this conversation with you, people that have a different perspective, people that see your blind spots. Maybe ask them, like, hey, you know, do you see me placing my hope in anything other than Jesus? Does one of those things happen to be my personal finances and how I handle money and what I've been given to steward? So anyway, Jesus is the the hope of our lives and this world. When it comes to our finances, are we placing our hope in our finances? Are we placing hope into the temporary and transient things of this world? Okay, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and it really is uh, translated to be uh, to mean the well-being of others, um, welfare. And so really this was meant to to say like, okay, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Human Flourishing. And he came to bring comfort, order, and restoration to our lives as Christians. And this really only comes with that full surrender. You know, we can't get the peace that Jesus offers without, you know, inviting him into the very intimate part of our life and surrendering those things to him. So when it comes to our finances, you know, what do your finances look like right now? I guess that would be the first question I would ask. What do your personal finances look like? Is it is it calm? Is it peaceful? Or is it a raging sea that is giving you a lot of anxiety, worry, shame? And if that's the case, you know, this is something we need to surrender and submit to Christ, because he is the Prince of Peace, he, we can cast our burdens on him, right? His, his burden is light, um, is what he says in the New Testament. So he is the Prince of Peace, and we should be clinging to him, especially within our finances, especially since we are just the managers of what God has entrusted to us. When you look at a business, it isn't the manager and the employees that have that bear the risk of losing everything, that bear the burden 
of the entire operation, if you will. It's the owner, and and God is the owner. And so we get to come alongside. We get to be his managers and uh, do the best of our ability to honor him with our, our stewardship capabilities and the gifts that he's given us. But when it comes down to it, we shouldn't be carrying an unnecessary burden. Wonderful counselor. And so do we seek his counsel first? Are we submitting our finances to him out of obedience? And how prayerful are we day in and day out when it comes to our finances? And so this is something that I I think is a huge area for most Christians to improve on is where is your counsel when it comes to your personal finances? And it is extremely important. Um, I know oftentimes people will say, yeah, we pray about it. We look for guidance from the Holy Spirit, and that's great. Um, What other counsel, um, what other believers of your brothers and sisters are you inviting into this walk with you? Because the more counselors you have, the more perspective that you have that is really of one spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is just one spirit of the church, uh, the better off you're going to be, um, especially because there's bad counsel out there. Like even well-intended counsel, even those that you know claim to be Christians can give bad counsel. And so that's why we do need multiple counselors. So in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And just a couple chapters later in chapter 15, verse 22, kind of the same thing. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so, like I said, you can have bad counselors, but when you have a multitude of counselors in your life, you drastically reduce the probability of acting on bad advice and making poor decisions. Uh, First and foremost, yes, seek Jesus, seek the Holy Spirit. Um, First and foremost, we need to be prayerful about everything. Every financial decision is a spiritual decision because we are in a role of stewardship. So let that let that be known that your check down list, your um, flow chart should be first and foremost being prayerful about it. But then also part of that process, that next check down should be reaching out to your other counselors in your life. And I think this is important. And, and even like I'll attest to this because I can have my own biases. That's one of the issues is we have our own biases and we think we're often wise in our own eyes, and that can be very dangerous, and and it's warned against quite a bit um, in Scripture, and mostly for those that are living, you know, these this worldly life. But we can be subject to our own biases and um, our own wisdom, which may or may not be biblical. So that is a huge reason why we need to have those counselors in our corner that we can go to and run things by and get their honest, truthful, biblical perspective, justice, and righteousness. So hopefully we are using our finances for things that are just and righteous. But, you know, we, like I said, we have blind spots and reflect on this. Like, are we using our finances to advance justice and righteousness? So as Christians, the most likely scenario is that we probably spend too much time on the fence in that lukewarm, that moderate position where we definitely know God's heart is probably more so on the extreme side of justice and righteousness. So I think there's a huge opportunity there as we evaluate and reflect on our own personal finances. How can we double down and lean into even more the justice and righteousness um, part of our personal finances and how we choose to manage our personal finances and what God's given us for justice and righteousness.
So this next one wasn't actually referenced in the prior piece of scripture from Isaiah, but I thought it was very well suited to mention here. And that is that Jesus is referenced as the cornerstone. And so a cornerstone is just what it sounds like. It is a stone at the corner of a structure, and it is known to be just very important to the structure. It bears the weight, and without a cornerstone, the structural integrity of the building or structure is compromised. So it is a very important piece to the foundation of whatever rests upon it. And so Jesus was described as being the cornerstone. He was the cornerstone. He was the foundation of the church. And even when we look at our personal lives, he is the cornerstone to our faith. He is what everything rests upon. Uh, We can't come to the Father unless we've come through Jesus. And so that is a pretty significant structural part of our faith uh, that one must believe in order to have a whole relationship with God. Jesus was the cornerstone. And what does this mean for our finances is he should be the cornerstone of our finances. He should be the structural foundation that everything depends on. And so everything should rest upon him. Um, and, And because of that, he should be in the proper place. He should be at the base supporting everything else. And, and anything other than that, then we've gotten it backwards and our priorities are out of line. So So when we look at our finances, do we see Jesus as the foundation of it that is supporting and lifting everything else up? Or have we removed him uh, from our personal finances? I mean, I think it's very easy to see if he's been removed from our personal finances, the structural integrity of our personal finances are compromised. And we should be able to see that evidence pretty clearly. So anyway, I just wanted to break down, yeah, just some of that, that scripture about just the foretelling of Christ coming and who he, who, he, who he was, but who he was going to be when he came and what he was going to do. But taking that and applying it to our personal finances, because oftentimes, you know, the personal finances get tucked away the very back. We, we think it's not as applicable to some of the very apparent things in scripture. But like I said earlier, we can take just about anything about Jesus and who he was and apply it to every part of our life including personal finance. So that's what I'm here to do. I'm here to challenge everybody and encourage everybody in ways maybe they thought they hadn't looked through that lens before. And just because, you know, that's what Jesus came to do. Like he he didn't come to leave stones unturned, right? He came to have our entire heart, including our personal finances. So again, uh, reach out to me if there's anything that I said that maybe was out of context or, or um, you know, not true. That is not my intent. My intent is to, to be creative with this content rooted in scripture, but also applying relevant things to personal finances. So before I let you get to the rest of your day, thanks again for listening. But I wanted to give a shout out to Chris on iTunes, uh, which is Apple podcast. He writes, I love guidance and encouragement from DJ as a review. Chris, I appreciate you. Thanks for leaving feedback. I do read the reviews that you all leave. It is great feedback for me as I continue to improve the show. But if you do leave a review, I will be sure to give you a shout out on the show. Again, you can find the show notes by following the link in the show description. Also, you can just head over to buildingstewardspodcast.com to get those notes as well. So if you could share this episode with one person that hasn't listened to it yet, that would be much appreciated by myself. 
Have a Merry Christmas. I hope it is a blessed one. I hope that you get to spend it with friends and family, that you get to enjoy all the relationships that you have, uh, but more so that you get to enjoy what it meant that Christ came down as a child and lived as a human and interceded on our behalf. So it is especially needed this year, and I, I just hope we feel it a little more, that we take it in um, deeper this year more than anything, because he is our temporary and our eternal hope. So so again, have a Merry Christmas, and until next time, the best is yet to come. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Because it is general in nature, it does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a financial decision. This podcast is not engaged in legal, financial, or other professional services.